everyone, and welcome to Mama Pang's Parenting Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I'm really excited. Uh, the reach is growing. I'm showing up in more and more states here in the U.S. and maybe even a foreign country or two. So pretty excited and thank you so much. Um, please note that I'm always happy to have you um, send in a question or a comment um, or maybe you want to record something and have it um, on one of the podcasts like last week's or this week's podcast was. So please reach out. The um, information is in the bio section and I would love to hear from you. So today I want to talk about um, single parent overwhelm and um, I'm going to try to make sure I include moms and dads because I know this affects um, both single moms and single dads. Um, you know, under for this topic, I think under the entire umbrella is self-care. So it's really important, and I know it feels like it is next to impossible to take time for yourself, um, but it's vital. It's going to make you a better parent, and it can be done in one and two minute intervals, time slots. You can pick a minute here, a minute there. And then you're going to grow those and you're going to end up with, you know, 10 minutes to yourself and then maybe 20 minutes. And no, it's not going to be every single day, but, but those are, those are going to accumulate over time. And then too, while this is all happening, um, that beautiful child or those beautiful children are going to start growing up on you. And that in and of itself will also find ways to allow you more time for self-care. Um, it's really important that we just start simple. So I'm gonna throw you some of the most basic things that I tell you this, I know I've used them, I still use them, um, they're life changers, okay? So keep that in mind. Uh, let's start with the first one, which is meditation. And I know as somebody that, that tried many times in the past to meditate, um, at first it just felt so foreign and so difficult and I wasn't doing it right. And, you know, I wasn't sitting and I didn't have the right atmosphere in the room and I didn't, and that just was like missing the whole boat of what meditation is about. So I've been lucky enough to deal with these wonderful, um, teachers, these instructors that have helped explain meditation. And, um, Dr. Margaret Jessup is one of them. And, uh, my dear friend in our med Thursday morning meditation group, Marnie, you know, these people have just really helped explain the basics of meditation and that there isn't anything, there's no perfect practice. And even people that have been meditating for years, they'll even find it difficult at times. Um, they will tell you though, that the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. It's kind of like working out. Um, it's a mental muscle workout so the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. One of the things that I think people freak out about when they're meditating is that initial time frame of, well, I sit and I try to get quiet and calm my thoughts. And then by God, my brain just runs away. This is exactly what we're trying to train our brains not to do. But you don't get frustrated when it runs away. You just know, oh, thinking. And then you come back to center or whatever you chose to focus on. Some people meditate with their eyes open. They might have a candle in front of them and they watch the dancing flame. And that really helps them 
focus and concentrate. Other people will focus on the breath. And because it's a very physical experience, that really helps them concentrate. So they don't mind having their eyes closed. Um, when I teach meditation or self-calming through meditation, mindful moments, as Dr. Jessup called them, um, I will often say, you know, put your hand over your chest, over your heart, put your hand over your tummy or your diaphragm, and then focus on that breath. So for me, I still do this. <laughs> I take time to count. So I'm going to count on the inhale, hold, count on the exhale. And that's how I try to keep my brain from running away, planning the grocery list and what I've got to remember to do in the afternoon and did I feed the dogs. And so that's my key for me. Whatever works for you is what's important. And then it's that beautiful space of just noticing. And again, your mind, it's there. It's a problem solver. It's a doer. It wants to, you know, did you do this? Did you do that? We're going to do this. It's okay. You're learning to calm it in a very chaotic situation. So as it leaps to thinking, just note that. Hmm, thinking. Don't even worry about what it's what you're thinking about. Just oh, thinking. And come back to that breathing or watching the dancing candle or maybe listening to that meditative music if that's what you've chosen. Um, I know, overwhelm. Okay, parents, you're saying. All right, Mama Pang, when am I going to fit this in? When do I get to meditate? Well, it's up to you. You can meditate while you're doing the dishes. You can meditate the minute you wake up in the morning. You can meditate before you go to bed. And you can start with one or two minutes of meditation. And I promise you, one or two minutes will help set the tone It'll set the tone for you falling to sleep better. It'll set the tone better for the whole day if you start your day that way. It may even set the tone to how you feel while you're doing the dishes. Um, so it, it, if you can start with two minutes, that's fabulous. You have given yourself a gift of two minutes. And I can't begin to tell you how it's going to change your life. Two minutes can lead to five, five to ten and before you know it, maybe you're lucky enough to get in 15 to 20 minutes, but you've got to start small and you've got to start doable. And that happens to be one or two minutes of meditation. In with your meditation, the next piece is to make sure you've got gratitude. Um, gratitude is so important. It can be for the big things. It can be for the little things. It can be for the things that I'm aware of that I want to change. I mean, that's a huge step. So yes, I'm thankful for the day. Thank you for, you know, this wonderful opportunity to be alive today. Thank you for um, my child. Thank you for the rain. Thank you. Sure, those are all fabulous things and we need to be thankful for them. But don't forget to be thankful for the things that you are aware of and are ready to change. So. Thank you for making me aware that today I yelled and I really didn't want to. Notice that's not that I'm going to beat myself up for, oh, I'm not this great parent and, and I, I did that, that yelling and I'm so, I don't want to do that. That's kind of defeatist. 
But thankfulness, gratitude around the awareness offers you an opportunity. It puts it in a positive light of change, not of, a, of acceptance. You're not saying, well, you know, thankful. Thank, I'm grateful for being aware that I yelled today and I don't want to do it. Thank you. No, it's thank you. I'm aware that today I yelled and it's not what I want. And I'm aware of it. So I have the opportunity to change. That's how gratitude works. So mix that in. You've got meditation. You've got gratitude. And those two things right there set the path for a more positive, more um, calming sense to parenting. And again, it's one or two minutes. Those are huge. Um, the next thing I'm going to say under the self-care umbrella for, for the single parents, and really this applies to all parents, but I just know I've been hearing from single parents right now that are just really dealing with the overwhelm of this. You know, I know your chief cook and bottle wash, your, your, your child's playmate, you're the um, keeper of the calm, you're the <laughs> cruise director, <laughs> um, you're just doing it all. You're, you're their friend, you're working, um, or you're trying to find work. You're taking care of everything at the house, taking care of the kids. Um, it, it's really overwhelming. Um, and I'm, I'm very cognizant of that. Um, but one of the things under the self-care umbrella is to consider joining a parenting group. And we're very lucky. I mean, think, think about the internet. It's our friend and our foe. But right now with, with quarantine and just coming out of quarantine, boy, we have we have really needed it. And it has offered us many, many helpful tools. Um, I know there are things like Facebook groups, Google groups, um, different uh, schools and churches and the why they've moved things to be online where there's still groups and group connections. And I think it's really important to find a group that you can connect with. It's difficult sometimes in the sense that um, I think you have to be willing to leave a group also, <laughs> join one and maybe turn around and leave it. But you're going to figure out what's what's right for you and what's not right for you. I really recommend kind of vetting the group, snoop around their page, find out, reach out to somebody else, ask them. Um, and, you know, you want to find out, does it meet up with your values of parenting? And does it have, you know, a lot of like, just whining and complaining, or is there true support in the group? Um, and, and that's huge. You know, you really need to have places that you can reach out to that are supportive. Um, I have a Facebook page, Mama Pang's Parenting Podcast, and I also have the Pathways to Parenting um, Facebook page. And I love nothing more to see those grow um, into a community where parents can connect and share their successes, but also share their concerns, share, you know, this happened, I just need some support around it. That's huge. And that's something that I'm very willing to give. And again, hey, it's a free service, reach out. Um, the other piece is when you're looking at parenting groups to join, really be aware of this competitive parenting. And I don't mean to throw Instagram under the bus, um, because it, it's great. I'm on Instagram as well. At least I'm trying to be on Instagram. I'm learning the ropes. 
Um, it does tend to, you know, everything's done in pictures basically. And so it's, <laughs> sometimes it feels just overly competitive there. It's like, oh, look at my perfect child doing the perfect thing. And I'm the perfect parent and, you know, my hair's done, the makeup's done, or I'm cool dad and I'm calm and I'm, and it's like, really? The, what's really going on? Like, was that all staged or did you happen to catch your kid in a perfect moment, which yay, we've all gone, but are they willing to show the flip side? You know, what we would consider, Ooh, it's the ugly seedy side. No, it's the real life side. Like, you know, my child's on this hip and my hair's not done and I'm trying to cook dinner and both of us are actually crying. Or the dad who's coming in and, you know, he's just as disheveled and trying to change a diaper on the baby and trying to keep the toddler from climbing, you know, out of the crib or all those things. That's real life. Okay. So there's got to be a balance there. You have to see a group that fits you, meets your values, and that isn't supporting this competitive parenting nonsense. I really think... Um, joining a parenting group is really, really helpful, especially for the overwhelmed single parent. And I know, I know there are groups out there. Um, another piece of the self-care puzzle is to consider um, depression and anxiety, right? These are not character flaws, okay? They're no more a character flaw than if you are a diabetic or if you have blood pressure, high blood pressure. Um, it, those are medical conditions, right? They're not character flaws. Um, mental illness is sometimes just so misunderstood. And it, it's scary to say the word mental illness. Like it has that, that negative connotation. And we just have to work so hard to get rid of that because it's the same thing, right? As saying I have high blood pressure or I have, um, I'm a diabetic. You have to know that. And I think I think right now is probably a perfect time to reach out to your healthcare provider and say, wow, I noticed I'm not sleeping as well as I should. I notice I am on edge a lot more. Or I feel really, really blah. I can't get motivated. Or I'm in tears all the time. I snap at my children constantly. Reach out and talk to a healthcare provider, whether it's your general practitioner that you start with, whether you have a therapist you can reach out to, a psychiatrist that you can reach out to, um, reach out. Because if it is, right, if it is some level of um, just concern, if it's some level of um, depression or anxiety, it's treatable, right? It's so treatable. You deserve that. Your kids deserve that. And it's, it's something that you just, it's understandable with what we've gone through. So I really encourage you, take the time, think about it, and reach out. Because there are many, many, many people out there that are going through the same thing. And we're all trying to reach out and connect and say, I may have an issue. Can we talk this through? Can I meet with you um, virtually? 
and see if I need a diagnosis. Um, the next piece under this uh, umbrella of self-care is movement. And, you know, I was just reminded of this um, in a doctor's visit. And um, it it's more than walking the dogs. <laughs> I was assured that. Um, and I do. I try to get out and, and do a lot of physical activity. But sometimes there are days, oh, it was raining today. Or, oh, I was really busy yesterday. Or, oh... And it's easy, especially if you are single parenting, right? You're doing it all. How in the world are you going to find time to move, to get out and get some exercise? Um, I'm going to really highly recommend get a stroller, get a double stroller, get a quadruple stroller, get a wagon, get I, something, get the baby papoose carrier. So you're carrying your child up. Um, either in front of you or on your back. And it gives you that break from your child, but your child is with you, right? And it gets you moving. Again, you don't have to start out. We're not asking, saying, oh, let's run a marathon or let's do our first 5K or, hey, if you can do that, rock on. But if you're like me, wow, I just, I can't go that far right now. I have other extenuating circumstances. What can I do? Can you get out for five or 10 minutes and walk? You don't have to run. You don't have to ride a bike. You can, but if you can walk, walking is proven to be so helpful. It is helpful for you physically, but it is definitely helpful for you mentally. We know that stress and anxiety and depression get stored in the body. And the best way to keep them from hanging around, from being deep-seated, is to move, right? You're going to increase your oxygen, uh, the blood flow changes, and you're able to rid yourself of some of the stress and anxiety simply by moving. You know, um, two weeks of Simple, basic walking will increase your endorphin level, right? That feel-good chemical that gets released. Beautiful. We all need that. It's amazing once you get to where your endorphins are kicking in more often, and then you have a day off, you're like, wait a minute, I miss, I miss that working out, that walk that I was taking, because I feel different when I've done that. So movement is huge. Again, take your child with you. You can just say, you know, mommy or daddy's doing this walk. I'm going to be really quiet right now, or I'm going to put my earbuds in right now. And you can just look around, or you know, you've got your little stuffed animal with you. You can talk to your stuffed animal. Uh, take one of the books. You can read your own book while you're in the stroller. You can talk to your brother or sister in the stroller. And this is, this is mom or dad's time right? And I think one of the things that we often get so concerned about is, well, but then I'm, I'm ignoring my child. No, you're not ignoring your child. You're listening to yourself, right? Think about that. You're telling your child why you need a break. This is mommy or daddy's time. This is where I go to exercise and I'm just going to listen to my music I'm going to think my own thoughts. We're just going to look around and enjoy um, the great outdoors. Or if you are, um, 
you know, you need to walk somewhere within a facility or your house. You know, these are all things you can do and just go. This is your time. And it's not selfish. It's setting a beautiful example for your children to say what self-care looks like so that I have to have time to take care of me so that I can then do a good job of taking care of you. And those are skills we want our little ones to grow up and be able to not feel guilty about self-care. They will have seen it modeled and they will go, oh, this is, this is what grown-ups do. This is how we take care of ourselves, right? Just like when we fall down and get an ouchie or a cut and we need a Band-Aid. This is how we take care of ourselves. And you're just, again, I can't say it often enough, you're setting such a beautiful example of self-care and teaching your child how important self-care is by modeling it. So these are all my thoughts on, on being that single parent and in that overwhelm. I know this was a brief 20-some minute uh, podcast on the topic. I know it's much more in-depth. Again, if you want to reach out with specifics, things that you would like to have addressed, I would absolutely love to hear from you. Um, I do have some upcoming open podcast time slots, so it would be great. I would try to get them out as soon as possible. So again, just look for that information in the bio section. And um, take care and be well, everyone. We'll talk again soon.